Hey, Butters, it's Sean again. Uh, I figured I should sit down and have a discussion with you guys before the rest of this episode, given its nature. Uh, this is a bit untraditional. We don't have an interview this time. It's just a bunch of us acting like we know everything about football. So this episode is going to be about the offseason and how we think our favorite teams should financially approach it. So if this isn't your cup of tea... I only ask that you listen to this next message and then you can go about the rest of your day. But if this is what you're into, then I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Either way, uh, what I'd like to say is tonight is Impact Night in Back Our Business Week. So if some of you guys have been following, or maybe some of you do know, some of you don't, this is Back Our Business Week. It's something that we are proud to put on. We have been doing it as Tigers Inc. as long as we've been around. So tonight, what is going on is... We are promoting all these businesses in downtown Loveland, and leading up to this night, we have been pairing some of these businesses with nonprofits, and they are donating anywhere from the realm of 5 to 20% of their proceeds to these charities, which is just an absolutely wonderful thing, and we are so glad that we're able to make this happen. So tonight, from 5 to 8 p.m., show out in downtown Loveland, show your support, show your colors, wear the color orange, we got Mardi Gras beads. We're going to be going out and having a good time. So we're going to be supporting all these businesses that are close to us and all these causes that are near and dear to our hearts. So it's a great way to feel good about yourself and support your community. Show out, and here is the episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, this one doesn't have an interview, but what we are doing is we are what we considered asset allocation of the Bengals and Steelers offseason. So more or less, we kind of put on our GM hats and we financially planned out how the Bengals and Steelers should go about their offseason. That's mainly because I'm a Steelers fan and Dylan and Alex in here are Bengals fans. So uh, how about we get started with what are the Bengals' biggest needs this year? All right, for the Bengals this year, the first order of business would be cutting Trey Waynes. Hmm. Trey has been on the team for two years, but it really doesn't feel like that because he can't stay on the field. He's always hurt. But when he does play, he's just been a bum. <laughs> so cutting him will increase cap space from $57 million to $68 million. So following that move, we got to re-sign these following players. Jesse Bates, who has been the heart of the defense. Overrated. Uh, I want to say that. He's established himself as one of the top safeties in the NFL. So he's going to get paid like one. Subjective. Which will be four years and $15.5 million. Next would be Larry Ogunjobi, who had another career year. He would be receiving two years and six and a half million. And then combine that with BJ Hill, who is another wrecker in the defensive front, who would be having a two year, $2.75 million extension. Yeah, but why would you pay Larry Ogunjobi more than BJ Hill? Because personally, I think BJ Hill's a better nose tackle. Well, Larry, when he was healthy, um, he could get after the quarterback, stop the run. He is. Swiss Army knife at nose tackle combined with DJ Reader is pretty much unstoppable. I'd say also Ogunjobi is a more flashy player, and defensive tackle is one of our thinner positions, so getting both of those guys back is mostly a big priority. So I think Ogunjobi is just going to want more money than Hill? Most likely, yeah. Okay. Probably. That makes more sense. And then we go to the offense, where CJ Uzoma, who also came off of a career year in yardage and receptions, with a three-year, $5.5 million contract. CJ has also been vital in the locker room this year, so it's yep. huge for team morale. Then we got to re reassess the offensive line and re-sign Fred Johnson for depth. 
that'd be a two-year, $1.25 million move. Then you go inside at guard with Quinn of Spain for another one-year, $3.5 million. He's not the best, but he gets the job done and would be a very solid backup for the future. And then Brandon Allen at quarterback. He's a smart guy, great role player, and he's pretty good off the bench. Got got Burrow, isn't yeah, he? got chemistry with Burrow, too. Exactly. And then finally, you got to assess special teams with Clark Harris. He's been on the team for about probably longer than I've been alive. Um, he would be getting two years with $1.4 million per year. Always consistent, never messes up, always gets the job done. Then you got Joe Bocci, who's a backup linebacker. Played pretty well in special teams. He would be getting two years, 850000 And then Stanley Morgan, another great hustle player. Part of the team, doesn't get much recognition, but always gets the job done. That's another three years, 950000 And lastly, and most controversial, I would say, Eli Apple. Okay, why? Why does he deserve anything right Well, contrary to popular belief, he actually had a pretty solid season. Sure, he let up two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but it's Cooper Cup. Nobody in the league yeah. is guarded. He had a career year this year, and although many people wouldn't like us re-signing him, I don't think it would be as our cornerback two role anymore. I think he's a great rotational corner. He just talks a little out of his realm. Well, like, do you want to get a new cornerback? Or yeah, we're looking We're looking to get somebody in free agency or the draft, which we're going to get to. Okay, that's actually a perfect segue. So that leaves you guys with, what, around $24.5 million to rest of free agency. Exactly. After re-signing all those key players. So uh, what are your, like, biggest needs for the offseason, and how do you want to address that in free agency? Well, obviously this year the uh, offensive line was our Achilles heel of the team. So to address that, Brandon Sheriff – has come off his contract with the football team. Uh, commanders. Commanders, pardon me. So he is the big, big number one target, and he would be vital for our interior O-line. So he would be looking at something around 16, would you say, Alex, million a year? Yeah, definitely looking for a lot of money because he's definitely one of the better free agents. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't pan out, you could always go for a tackling Trent Brown or Jermaine Effady mm-hmm. or Morgan Moses. And if there's still leftover money, you could assess that cornerback two spot with somebody like a J.C. Jackson, or he'd be a cornerback Yeah, one. he'd be a one. But Chidobe, that would be a great pair right there. Mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Carlton Davis, or Casey Hayward. So those are the positions that we could address in free agency. only issue I see is like a lot of these guys are kind of on the back end of their career. So, I mean... It, I think it depends on if the front office decides that we're in win-now mode. I was about to say, yeah, do you think this season is going to be think, a win-now for you guys? I think that we have to expect this another, another Super Bowl, which is when we would sign a, like a big free agent to a one-year deal and mm-hmm. see what we can do with him. So of these, which one do you think would you want the most? Like a Brandon Scherf, a Stephon Gilmore? Definitely a, definitely a lineman first. Yeah, Scherf would be ideal, but yeah. that price tag is going to be pretty large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have some potential trade ideas. Laramie Tunzel off of the Texans is a very good left tackle, arguably one of the best pass protectors in the league. Mm-hmm. And for him, you could probably trade a first rounder and a third or a fifth. I'm not too sure how that would work in yeah, the league. Somewhere but there. Something like that. He, he wants out and he's got a big contract they can't really afford because they need to build for the future. He probably wants to go to a contender too, so you well. got yep. that going for you. He's yeah. been teasing everybody on Twitter too. With him at left tackle, you can move Jonah Williams to. The inside of the line or right tackle, so it all works out. Yep. And then you could also trade for Jason Kelsey in exchange for a third or second rounder. 
he's getting old, so the Eagles, I believe, won't be asking for too much of him. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think definitely that'd be a big upgrade over uh, our our center position right now because he honestly is probably the best center in the league. I'd say still, mm. and I think that would really help our line significantly. And it'd be nice to bring him back to Cincinnati too. As I was about to say fan. he probably would not be opposed to that. Yeah. All right, and then kind of outside of free agency in the draft, the free agency and trades, we're also coming up on draft season. So I prepared a seven round mock draft for the Bengals. Um, this kind of goes in line with like if if the free agency pans out like we just discussed, uh, I kind of adjusted for that. So the first round we have the 31st overall pick. So my thought process here was, I I say we look to trade this pick first because at 31 you're not going to get the first guy you want obviously, and not and you're really just seeing who is not getting picked and who falls to you, which I'm not a big fan of, especially with our uh, our need for offensive line. I'd say first I'd like to trade for Tunzel trade that in a future third, fourth, fifth for Tunzel. Um, if that does not happen, however, I like Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan to play tackle for us. Um, he's definitely an athletic uh, tackle, and he has very good body control. Um, I think that would be a really good add to our offensive line because I don't know if we're going to re-sign Reef, so our right side definitely needs help, and that's mm-hmm. where he, he would be. And then in the second round, as I discussed earlier, we need cornerback. And I think that we need to prepare for like the future more. Even if we get somebody on a one-year deal, we need another corner. So I like uh, Mississippi State cornerback Martin Emerson because uh, SEC corners generally translate better to the NFL than most conferences. Uh, he's very quick read, very quick reads, long limbs. Uh, overall, just a very solid corner we could get in the second round. It'd be a great steal. Um, with the 95th pick in the third round, I like this pick a lot. I don't know if we would actually be able to get him. It's the money round right there. Yeah, third round we've had, we've hit in the. Uh, past years. So I, I, li- I like linebacker Brandon Smith out of Penn State. He's a very, very athletic linebacker. He a uh, highly gifted athlete. He He's credited with running a 4.38 40-yard dash as a high school recruit, and that's really insane for a linebacker. Uh, definitely, his third-round grade is definitely due to his lack of uh, decision-making. So we can definitely polish that up, though. But he has very high potential, and I think that'd be really big for us because I think one of our weaknesses was guarding against the pass against tight ends, and our linebackers kind of reflected that. Um, In the fourth round, I like Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College at center because, as I said earlier, I don't know if we'll be able to get a Jason Kelsey, but center was definitely a need. Um, So I think that'd be a good developmental pick. Fifth round, I like Haskell Garrett, defensive tackle out of Ohio State, because as we saw in the playoffs, defensive tackle was a very thin position for us, and that's definitely something we need to address. And the rest of the draft, I just kind of picked players based on position. So sixth round, I liked, or fifth round, I like Leon O'Neal, uh, safety out of A&M, Texas A&M, because safety, uh, Ricardo Allen just retired, so we definitely need more depth there. Sixth round, I like Azizi Otomoyu, uh, defensive end out of Minnesota. Um, We've generally taken edges late in the rounds past, in, in the drafts past, and this guy's got very good production out of Minnesota. And then in wrapping it up in the seventh round, just kind of reflecting our biggest need is another interior offensive lineman out of Ole Miss and Ben Brown. Um, I'd say that draft would be, I'd be very, very happy with that draft, and I think that that would wrap up our offseason very well. Well, kind of as you said before, a lot of this draft is based on whether or not you get the free agency that you want and re-signing the players that you yeah, it definitely, definitely. these things are subject to change because we're still a month away from the draft, two months away from the draft, and we don't want to know what free agents we're getting yet. True, true. All right, so that'll be it for the Bengals. Uh, we're going to take a little break, 
and then we'll come back and cover the Steelers offseason. Uh, just as a little intermission in between these segments, I'd like to share out a little bit more information about Impact Night. As I said before, it is tonight, March 4th, 5 to 8 p.m. Be there. It's going to be great. Some of the organizations that we have participating and being supported through this night are Cancer-Free Kids, the Seth Mitchell Scholarship Foundation. Uh, we have Hope Squad, Adopt-A-Book, and more. So what is there to lose? You can go out to the beautiful downtown Loveland. Have a great time at a business, a shop, a restaurant, dessert, whatever you want. So you're going to be enjoying yourself and making other people's lives better. Like, that sounds like the biggest win-win ever. I think I might have just rhymed or I said ever twice. I can't really remember. Either way, it sounds cool. So that'll be enough for me on Back Our Business. Show out. Cannot wait to see you guys there. And back to the interview. Well, actually, it's not an interview this time. I apologize for misspeaking. It's actually me talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers, which anyone who knows me pretty well enough knows that that's one of the things that I talk about way too much. So without further ado, here is me rambling. All right, we're back. Uh, now for mine of the story. Uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers last season obviously were kind of disappointing. And it really pains me to say this. I think we're not in a win-now mode. We are going to be rebuilding in the next couple of seasons. I went into this thinking that we should try and use as much money as possible to try and get all this high-end talent. Kind of like I actually wanted a lot of the same guys they wanted, the Stephon Gilmores, the J.C. Jacksons to kind of bolster up our team and get us uh, maybe a Super Bowl. But with the state of our offense and how our aging defense is, it's going to be time to rebuild soon. And for the start of the offseason, we actually aren't that in good of a position. We have a cap space, which for those of you who don't know, it's more or less how much money we can spend in the offseason on re-signing players, signing rookies, all that kind of stuff. We are towards the middle of the pack. We have around $25 million able to spend off the bat. And uh, because our teams are in opposite positions, I kind of did this backwards from them. I went from draft picks to re-signing players to then free agency. But um, I kind of addressed our needs first off. Uh, for beginners, our offensive line in Pittsburgh was drastically worse than the Bengals this season, arguably the worst in the NFL. So I think that we really need to target that more in the draft this year because of the offensive linemen that are available in free agency. A lot of them are kind of older guys who would want to be in a win-now win situation as opposed to a rebuilding team because they could get more out of that. So I have most of that addressed in the draft. Uh, another weak spot we have is just our secondary because we have aging guys like Joe Hayden that I have leaving. Uh, our former first-round pick, Terrell Edmonds, I have him leaving our team. And it was just a general weak spot in our defense last year. So I have that being addressed in draft as well as free agency. Uh, quarterback is an obvious hole after our Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, retired this past season. Those going to be big shoes to fill. Granted, I don't think it's going to be addressed this offseason, even though it is a pretty pressing need. I just didn't see any answers in free agency or in the draft for long term. So that'll most likely mean that we're going to have to stick around with Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, or in like a really hypothetical situation, like the moon and stars in line, somehow Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers ends in our lap. I don't think that'll happen. Hope not. Yeah. I say as a Bengals fan, I'm fine with the Mason Rudolph this year. I'm sure you are. It's going to be a pain to watch, but that's probably going to be what it is. 
another pressing need on our defense is our linebacking core because I personally think that was, although our offensive line was terrible, our linebackers were probably the most disappointing position we had last year. Outside of TJ Watt, who is honestly more of a defensive lineman, although he's listed as a linebacker, um, guys like Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, uh, Alex Highsmith, Ulysses Gilbert III, all these guys drastically underperformed this season. They had a lot of lapses in making obvious reads on run plays, pass coverage, tackling. It was just rough. So that is going to be overhauled more in free agency. I did have one linebacker drafted. And we had some issues with depth on the defensive end and uh, more like on the edge positions and the nose tackle. We had a couple injuries lasted the whole season that made it hard for us to have a constant rotation in between. So I have our final few picks in the draft is defensive end, but outside of that, I don't have much. So that being said, for our first overall pick in the draft, the 20th overall, I have us taking Zion Johnson, an offensive guard out of Boston College. He has really good size, very good strength. He's not the fastest guy, but he is very good at run blocking. He could work on his pass, but I think as our team right now is headed, we are going to be a run-first offense for a while. So Zion is a good pick to develop that, especially given how deep this draft is in offensive linemen. So if we can get a good one early, that's going to help our team a lot. And then our next pick, uh, it's the 52nd pick in the second round. I have us taking Darian Kennard, an offensive tackle out of Kentucky. Again, this guy is a physical specimen. He is a bit more rough around the edges than Zion is, but I think he also has the potential to become a cornerstone in our offensive line. As I said before, this is a really, really good class for offensive line. So if we could just hit on maybe two or three of these offensive line that we take, it could be very good for us in the future. And then our third overall pick, I was taking Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. He was more of a solid pass blocker, pretty fast for his position too. So I think that would address our two biggest needs in the second and third, because our tackles were our worst position on our offensive line because we had one guy out for the season with an ACL tear and at the other end we had a rookie who was drafted in the fifth round starting so this will kind of give us a bit more breathing room a bit more depth and possibly the cornerstones to our offensive line in the future with the first three picks and then the last one that I really did some research in our fourth overall pick I had us taking Troy Anderson a linebacker of Montana State this guy has great physical characteristics, very good in coverage. He's not as good at stopping the run, but I think that's more what we need in our offense because of our linebacker play last year, pass coverage was our weakest point. We had some good run stopping from guys like Devin Bush, but he kind of showed us last season that he might not be as good defending against the pass, but Troy Anderson is probably going to bring that to our defense, and I like him there. And then our last two picks, I was taking a free safety or a defensive end. So as far as re-signing goes, I think we should re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, kind of controversially, um, I think he's just a really good sure-handed slot receiver, which is what you need if you're having a quarterback like Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, or signing a guy in free agency. I'm curious about, if, like you were saying, you guys are entering a rebuild. With such a young team, would you like having Juju on that team? Because he's kind of, I, I don't, some people think that he might be a distraction. What are your thoughts on that? I understand what you're saying about that, but... Given the state of our team right now, he would be the oldest wide receiver in the room. Yeah, the bet. Because he's, yeah, he's been in the league for, this is his fifth season. It's definitely helpful to have that presence. Yep. Because you need to have that 
when you're a, kind of a team that doesn't have a strong identity, mm-hmm. you need guys like that to help set the tone. So that's another reason. I agree. Why I, I, think, I, I think you guys can get him for cheap than, because he hasn't been doing too hot the next the past couple seasons. Well, he's had injuries, injuries yeah. and yeah, maybe not the best statistical performance. But I have him for a three-year, $8 million deal yep. with a million-dollar signing bonus. So it's a cap hit of $9 million. And then I have us re-signing cornerback Akella Witherspoon. Uh, of all of our DBs, he was the most impressive for me. Joe Hayden has shown signs of aging this season. And Cam Sutton kind of showed that he was a lot better in the slot. So I think as our cornerback one or two moving forward, it's going to be a Keller Witherspoon. I liked what I saw from him. I signed him to a two-year, $4 million deal. No signing bonus for him. And the only returning lineman I want that's going to be a free agent this year is Trey Turner. He was a solid veteran. He didn't do anything too special. But I think it's good to have a guy like him that's been in the league for a while, especially when you're drafting potentially three new alignment into your system. So it'll be a good idea to keep him around and kind of steer him in the right direction, have him for a two-year, $2 million deal with a 500000 signing bonus. And uh, to kind of bolster up our defensive tackle position, which was really hampered by injury last season, I have us re-signing DeMarcus Christmas to a $750,000 deal. Again, it's not a super flashy signing, but we kind of need to get more bodies that are healthy and available to go out when called upon. And I think he's the answer to that. And uh, the only other returning receiver I have on our team is wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod. He's a very solid return man, although he's not the best when when he's actually a receiver. Again, I think he's a good guy to keep around because he's been in the league for a decent bit and he could kind of help younger players as they come into the system. And some notable guys who are leaving our team. Um, I have Joe Hayden and Terrell Edmonds leaving, as I said before. Joe, mainly because he wants money that we don't want to pay him because he's an old cornerback. Granted, he's still decent, but he's not worth what we're willing to pay. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, as I said before, I've been very disappointed in his performance. First round pick, and he hasn't panned out in five seasons. I think it's time for him to go. Ben Roethlisberger is, of course, I said before, retired. Eric Ebron, very similar to Edmonds. Nothing really but disappointment from him since he was signed to our team. And James Washington, I also have us letting him go, mainly because I don't think he fits in our team that well. And cuts, um, I have us cutting Joe Schobert, Zach Banner, and Joe Haig, which actually frees up $15.5 million for us, which then leaves us for $23 million to spend in free agency. And again, I didn't sign a ton of names, but for our linebacking court, I have us signing Jayon Brown, the middle linebacker from Tennessee. Very solid all-around defensive leader, which is kind of what we need at that linebacker position because we haven't had that probably since... Ryan Shazier, unfortunately, terminated his own career. Um, him signing to us for a $5.5 million deal with a quarter million signing bonus. It'll run us about $6 million in cap space. Then I have us signing outside linebacker Hassan Reddick. He's going to really bolster our pass rush on the side opposite of TJ Watt. That'd be scary. Exactly. Because we have Alex Highsmith, who's been playing all right. But I think Hassan Reddick, his speed and finesse to get around tackles is bar none he'll be a great addition and then after that we have Bryce Callahan very solid veteran cornerback I think can kind of help again as I said before with keeping guys like Trey Turner and Juju Smith-Schuster around get our young guys into the system and that's our offseason so do we have any record predictions for our teams this year where do you think the Bengals are going to be the Bengals actually have a pretty tough schedule finishing first in the division we're going to have to play the Bills and the Chiefs so I think we're going to go 12 and 5 11 and 6 11 and 6, oh, yeah. six. My, my prediction. okay for me uh, I'm pretty pessimistic about the Steelers this year I say we're going to be under 500 the first time in Tomlin's career 
We're going to miss out in the playoffs, but... Uh, that one's the only bright thing for you guys this year, I'd say. And Brian Flores. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right, that's going to be enough for us. Don't forget to go out and support our businesses tonight.